We're back on Radio Row, this time talking more about the AFC South and diving in on the Houston Texans with Casey Vallier. I'm Matt Taylor at the Combine. It's time now to visit with our guy, our friend Mark Vandermeer, the voice of the Houston Texans, dating back to 2002. You've that been is correct. an institution. That is correct, and uh, the Texans just beat the Colts for only the 10th time in franchise history. Can you believe that? It's only wow. the 10th victory ever week i'm in here for right? all of them it was week 18 <laughs> which still sounds funny to say doesn't it yeah and it was a weird day because look i love beating the colts the rare times it happens i mean i savor every single one i remember 2015 and 2016 and the wins over indy at indy but the thing is that one two fourth and 20 or fourth and long conversions on the final drive for the texans and then they go for two and make it and it was a bittersweet feeling, to say the least, because you lost the number one pick with that victory, and it was just a strange deal. The fans were upset. Of and I wasn't upset, but I thought, oh, I love beating the Colts, but this one is weird, <laughs> because I also would have liked that number one pick. It was right. a strange deal. Did you realize, I mean, you had good presence then to mm. realize how weird that day was oh, and, yeah. and what it meant for the future, potentially, of the right. Texans sitting in the top two. Yeah, and down the stretch of the season, the Texans played some really close games. They weren't winning them, but they were playing some really close games. Now, they had a victory against the Tennessee Titans up there, Christmas. That was nice, cold day, and they, they beat them. And a very close game with the Chiefs. Went into overtime, actually stopped Patrick yeah. Mahomes. He got the ball first. That, yeah. And I thought we should, you know, they tease you guys about hanging a banner or whatever. <laughs> uh, we should hang a banner that says stop Mahomes at overtime. My gosh. And uh, very close game with the Cowboys. Could have, would have, should have won that at Dallas. And I think the fans would have really celebrated those victories. But there you were the last game of the year. And, like, here it is in the crosshairs, number one pick in the draft. And they, quote, blow it by winning. And it's just, it's just one of those strange dynamics of sports. Now, when you talk about blowing it, you're sitting at two. From your perspective, how big of a gap is that from being that number one and number mm -hmm. two from what you're hearing from the outside chatter? Well, I uh, honestly don't think it's that big a gap. I, I really don't. Now, we won't know this for two or three years, right, until right. the Chicago Bears pick first or if they trade it, whoever picks first picks their player and how that player does. And obviously, if you're going to move up, you would think that they're going to take Bryce Young. But that's just us talking. Right. You know, no NFL person is really going to give you their true feelings on the subject. And I believe that the, the draft is always fascinating because there's the media and the draft pundit talk, and then there's what's really going on in the rooms, right, in the rooms and the buildings around the league and what they actually think. And no one can look at a player like Bryce Young and not say, well, look, he's awesome, right? right. But there are some concerns here about size and that kind of thing and about anybody you're drafting in college. Trevor Lawrence just turned into what you'd hope he would turn into right. down the stretch of his second year. Exactly. And that's got to last because you never know. Jared, right. Goff, Jared Goff got the second contract, yes, number one overall pick. And then they traded him because they didn't like him. And now he's playing well again. This is a crazy league. You guys know it better than anybody. Crazy things happen. So I don't think there's that big a gap. I think you're going to end up, hopefully, with a great player no matter what you do it too. All right, D'Amico Ryans is now the head coach, third head coach in three years. Two-parter, what is the level of optimism now mm -hmm. in Houston, and, and why is, is this go-around going to be different? Well, it's been tough. I don't have to tell you, all right, 2020, you get four wins, 2021, four wins this past season, three wins and a tie, and it's just been really tough with the two coaching hires that didn't work out, back-to-back -back years, and a lot of 
just bad feelings, let's just put it that way. Former players taking shots at the team over these past few years, right? Yeah. You have the fan base really feeling the negativity, COVID. Yeah. It's hard. I think yeah. if unless you're winning big through COVID, a lot of teams took a big hit after COVID. And with the Texans, they compounded it by losing. And it just – for a team that really had not had back-to-back losing seasons in 15 years, now they have back-to-back-to-back. Right. So it's the first time since the first three years of the franchise wow. and uh, or four years of the franchise. So you, you look at this like the, in this way, you're just hoping that things can turn around. Now, when you hired D'Amico Ryans – this is a cleansing of all the bad things that have happened around the organization in the past three, four years. It's D'Amico. He was one of the most beloved players when he was with, with the Texans. He was the best Texans player leader ever. And I, I would have said this two years ago, three weeks ago, before they hired him, whatever, ever. And that goes with quarterbacks, too. D'Amico was the guy. Wow. From the time they drafted him, total leader. That's why when he had his press conference, so many former players came back. It just united everybody again. Fan base, former players, organization. The vibe in the building is electric right now. Everybody's fired up. Now you got to go win games. you got to draft players, etc. But right now where we sit at the Combine, you could not be happier. Well, sitting there, if you... If you do draft a quarterback at number two, Mm -hmm. rookie quarterback, going to be the franchise guy, you're building around him, but Ryans is a defensive coach. What did you make of that move with the potential of having such a big decision to make after that hire? I I think with D'Amico, it doesn't matter. I think he's the right guy for the job. It reminds me of the way you launched the Kubiak era in a way, and you have to hope that they made the right choice at offensive coordinator because nobody really knows, right? You won't know until you know. Right. But I trust their judgment here, he and Nick, uh, Nick Casario, to come up with the right mix here of assistant coaches to make this thing go and move it into the future. They've had a lot of time to think about it. Nick has had a lot of time to think about decisions that have not worked out his first couple of years as GM, and now he unites with D'Amico, and they come from different systems. And I think that's good. It's good to get different systems in there, different ways of thinking about this game into a room and with two really good people. And I know them both. They're both really good people. And when you collaborate like that, good things are bound to happen. Now, you got to go do it, but I like the formula so far. Now, with D'Amico Ryans in his first draft, he's, he's coming off of a year where pretty successful, I would say, when you look at the guys the Texans drafted last year, mm-hmm. that rookie class played yeah. very well. you got yeah. a lot of promise, whether it's Petrie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that you know Pierce had the injury, but he was showing something. you got Stingley. I mean, there's a handful of guys that yeah. are right there that you can look at as core guys moving forward. So you, you look at him sitting at 2-12, and 12, and judging by that track record, you almost say you want to just continue to get those picks because you've got a proven draft. So when you look at what they had from last year and what they can do this year, where's the biggest improvement you want to see from a roster standpoint? I think there are a variety of things you need to do because as much as you like to say you played well last year, you had a lot of close games, you were in games in the fourth quarter, you still have a lot of work to do. You know, you still only won three games, and it's a fourth quarter league. You know, this league is all about – and. Look, the NBA is way more of a fourth quarter league, maybe. But the NFL, if you're in... No, it's seven points or less. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're right there yeah. in almost every game. Yep. And we can 
not brag, but the Texans in so many games this year, so many of their losses, they're within seven. They are leading in the fourth quarter, and they're unable to close it out, make those crunch time clutch plays. That's what this league is about, right? I always say it's about third down conversions. If you're behind, it's about catching up, converting third downs. If you're ahead, you want to continue to hold on to the football and keep it away from the opposing offense. And it sounds simplistic, but that's very important. I think for the Texans, interior of the offensive line because they weren't good enough at center the guys played hard but they really need to shore up in the middle of the o-line an awful lot they still need help at receiver i'm not sure what they're going to do with brandon Brandon cooks Cooks, who wanted to be traded wasn't he had a nice day against the colts that last day but who knows because i'm not sure where they're going to settle up with him where it's all going to end up uh nico collins has been hurt um, I think they're pretty good at tight end with Jordan Akins, who had the big catch against the Colts, um, and Christian Cotoriano, but they need to get better there. They need more guys in that position group. And, you know, I could go on and on. You know, D-line, they had a good rotation, but that was the Lovey Smith system. Now D'Amico brings in what he likes to do, and you wonder how everybody's going to fit in. So, you know, I'd love to see a Carter in there if, if he's available. That'd be great. Will Anderson, great. You know, bring them all in if you possibly could. Uh, so, you know, I could go on and on about their needs. I think in the secondary is safety with Petrie. They're pretty good. Uh, Jonathan Owens is a free agent, so they're going to look to shore up right there, whether it's, you know, re-signing him to some kind of deal, but bringing extra talent there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, there, there are a lot of areas. They need help in a lot of areas. And quarterback, one of them, Davis Mills, is the only quarterback on the roster right now. Mark, who knows how – I mean, that's a great segue. I mean, we don't know how this is going to go. I mean, you're sitting there at number two. Texans also have number 12. Yeah. H- how competitive do you think this is going to be potentially between the Colts and the Texans to move up to number one? And might Houston have the advantage there because they do have two first-round picks? Well, but for the Bears, right, they have to think about if we drop to four, are we still going to get the player we want, Right. Because couldn't both Carter and Anderson be gone by four? So the Bears drop down to four. They get extra picks, but what if the Texans end up taking a defensive (laughs) player and so do the Cardinals, and now all of a sudden, you know, they could still take the pass rusher Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech or something like that at four, and that would be a great player as well. But is that who they wanted, right? So there's a lot to consider here if you're the Colts and the Bears. And if the Colts move up to one, I'm wondering, you know, is you know Bryce Young is he worth that? What it's going to cost you to make that kind of leap at that stage of the draft? Because that's a big leap from four to one. You know, you're getting the number one overall pick. That's going to have a, a hefty price on it. And if I'm the Bears, I'm thinking, do I really want to lose out on Carter or Anderson? I need help on defense. I, you know, I lost some guys, and I've got Justin Fields. Or am I going to draft a quarterback? Do I not like Justin Fields for the long haul? And do I take Bryce Young or Stroud or whoever? Is it within Nick Casario's? for lack of a better term, DNA and his mojo to to make that move from two to one and, and give up what it would take to, to make that I move? I think if he thought it was worth it, he would do it. And I'm thinking if I'm the Bears, I would want more than what it would take to move from two to one. That's just my personal thought. Right. I haven't talked to Nick about that at all. Nick's not going to tell me anyway <laughs> what he's thinking. I'm sure he has a lot of thoughts on the subject. But the other thing is – Texans, like I said, have a lot of needs. If they stay put, they got a lot of draft capital. Two, twelve. You know, they've got two picks in the third round. Yep. They've got the you know, top of the second round. Mm-hmm. So why blow that, right? Why use that capital to take a quarterback, you presume, who might not work out? You might not play him for a year anyway. Now next year they still have two number ones. 
and a two, and they got a lot of picks. So they do have the capital to work with and be uh, patient, yet I think you need to make a splash right now. You hired D'Amico, huge splash. I think if there's a quarterback out there, I'd love to see him, and uh, I'd love to see him on the roster and excite the fan base. But we all know, guys, you've excited the fan base. It doesn't always work, right? There's the offseason victory, and then, <laughs> then there are the actual victories. Well, how about that? The actual ones are really much more important. <laughs> yeah. Last I checked, you don't play any games in March. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> is that the route that the fan base would like to see the Texans go for the most part is, listen, we're, we're not just a quarterback away. Let's use all those picks. I believe the fan base wants to see a quarterback, right? Because everybody loves quarterbacks, and it's exciting to talk so, about so not, everything. So not move up. Yeah, I would think so. I would think the fan base would say don't move up. But if they if you moved up, everyone knows what you're going to be doing, right? right? In 2017, during the draft, the Texans moved up to take Watson. And it was extremely exciting. And it worked out in the short term for the team. Obviously, things didn't work out long term. I think right now, if you moved up one, the fans would say, well, geez, you shouldn't have won that game against the Colts, yeah. right? But they'd be excited because they would presume you're taking Bryce Young. So there would be excitement there. But, again, it's just all excitement. It's smoke and mirrors in a way because you got to get to the starting line. you got to start winning games in September. Who's starting opening day? Is it the quarterback you drafted one if you moved up there or even a two if you stay there? Or is it a veteran they're going to pick up in free agency? Because I still think everything's on the table here for this franchise. One of the things, you know, as we're sitting here at the combine, I'm staring at the, the Jaguars here. Yeah. We went from Gosh. last to first this past <laughs> year. So you can see those jumps. You see them every single yeah. year in the NFL. The, the Texans sitting at two. As you mentioned, they have all the draft capital. And, mm-hmm. and you know, if, if it's just me and you talking here, I think the AFC South is kind of seeing a little bit of a change. The Titans seem to be, you know, oh, they're, yeah. they're, they're down. The Colts have what – so when you look at where the Texans are – how important is this draft? Because you really aren't that far away. Hey, Texans were 3-2-1 and one in the division. See, right? there you go. There you go. Didn't lose to the Colts last year. <laughs> okay, 1-0-1. Oh, yep. Yet felt weird after both games. Yes, it did. Hi, and the last <laughs> one, game for one, what we said. 1-4-1, one, and one, lad. You'll appreciate this because I know how competitive you are against the Colts. But, uh, yeah. no, I mean, that's it. I mean, the Colts were 1-4-1 one, and one last year in the AFC South, their worst record in the history of the division. And who would have thought that going in? Right. You thought, worst case, all right, it's going to be another 9-8 win season or something like that. You'll be, you know, 500-ish. 17-game season, right. and it wouldn't have worked out. But you mm-hmm. never thought it was going to be as tough as it was. But I like this 2015-2016 version of the AFC South where, <laughs> hey, it's wide open, wide baby. Open. Let's go. <laughs> Give me Zach Mettenberger starting for the Titans. I love no, that era. No, no, that wasn't good for anybody. That was not. <laughs> That's good well, stuff but right there. I, I think so because, like, it, the division was gettable, right? It was gettable if you went on a little run. 2015, the Texans were 2-5, and five, and they won the division. They won four games in a row. They beat Cincinnati on a Monday night, 10-6. to six. Yeah. They somehow eked out a win. They played four quarterbacks that year, and they still won the AFC South. Now, they flamed out in the playoffs to the Kansas City Chiefs, led by Alex Smith at the time. Yeah. But at least they got the division after a bad start. Right. I think this is not going to be necessarily that kind of year. You would expect the Jaguars to come out of the gate, maybe the way they were in the second half of the season, a lot stronger. Mm -hmm. And they're right now the premier team in the division until somebody bumps them off. There's no doubt about that. Twice a year we get this guy in town. Mark Vandermeer, voice of the Texans. He makes his annual trip to the Combine. And, of course, when the Texans play the Colts at Lucas Oil Stadium. My man, we love you. 
We do. We love you back. We love you, We love man. you guys. Look, I, I know I root against the Colts, <laughs> but I always root for you guys. I, I'm not kidding. Like the Jags, too. You know, Frank Frangie's over there, play-by-play voice of the yeah. Jags, and J.P. Chadrick. And I love those guys. You know, oh, yeah. I was really happy for them when the Jags were doing right. well. Yet I was like, ugh, I want it to be me. And I know you feel the same way. <laughs> yes, same. No doubt. Same. No doubt. All right, that's Mark Vandermeer, the voice of the Texans. Mark, good to talk to you as always, man. Thanks, guys.